when you are, you've been pastoring at PV for how long now? Not just the lead pastor, but how long? Yeah. Like, over 12 years. Over 12 years. Our longest and place those, I've ever been, as far as like churches that I've been in. Yeah. It, what is, like, when you start to, like, when you first came, like, kind of curious to know about that journey, like, when you first got there. Yeah. What did you want to see happen at the church, and and how has that shifted and progressed into today? Being like, man, this is this is what my heart breaks for. Right. When I first came, there was so much hurt, church hurt, personally, um, from being on staff at other places and just dumpster fire. <laughs> this is just dumpster fire stuff, aka uh, Chicago Bears. Right. <laughs> If the Chicago Bears could be a church, then I was definitely uh, <laughs> I was definitely running that offense and defense and uh, feeling that pain. Or you could go Vikings too. They are they are yeah, right there. They're better than us. Uh, no, it, just so much. Forget it is kind of probably how I I had felt about ministry and church, and so I had great was, hopes. Go ahead. So sorry. What was the hurt? The hurt was um, leaders who were worldly in the way they led the church Mm. and just run over you, run over you if you don't fit or control or just the kind of thing where you're like, man, if this is what Jesus is like, no thanks, no thanks. And so, you know, and just, so you name it, I mean, I'd been in very much the controlling legalistic environment. I'd been in the corporate, um, you know, come up with your goals and, you know, metrics environment and ABC player, you know, are you an A player? Then we can keep you. If you're a B player, then we're really going to need to develop you. And if you're a C player, well, see ya. And it's like, who came up with this? Um, and so just having this part of me that's like, I don't want to do any of this. And so coming up here, there was real anticipation for take a deep breath and be in a place where you can heal. Now that wasn't instant. There were, there were, you know, any, every church has its stuff, but I think that was personal for, from a, I don't know if I had enough of a corporate heart and understanding of what the body needed. I probably was a little more like, I can do this. I was came as a worship pastor. Um, we were ministering together then. You were in college ministry. And so it was, I would love just to experience the Lord in a safe place and nobody coming in and telling me I have to do something <laughs> in a legalistic way um, and nobody pulling the rug out from under our family for financial means, just all that stuff. It was a little bit... You're kind of guarded, I would say. It's probably yeah. the best way. I was guarded about how I was approaching ministry here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. How about for Where you? you I had great hopes. Like, like God, do this in this church. God, I want to see mm-hmm. this happen in the church. But at the same time, there was like the mixed bag of hopes of like, and do it through me. Right, like, <laughs> like you know, it's like the the unsilent yeah. thing. You know, let me let me show that I'm a great leader, and mm-hmm. we can do it again. You know, so it's like then that season of like the Lord having to root some of that stuff out to get to the spot where, like, you know what? Truly, I just want to be a church that is 
captivated by Jesus, mm -hmm. that we are known because of his love for us. We love because of that in, in the presence of God, you know, yeah. like learning how to do that, to be obedient, to walk in it. And so it's like, I shared with our church last Sunday, and this is the where my present hope is Ezekiel 47 with that trickle that goes all the way to the Dead Sea. And I, and I kept like picturing that trickle kind of like here starting at Austin Oaks Church and going into the city of Austin and just mm -hmm. picturing transformation as like just a, an image. I'm like, why not? You know, like, why not like go, yeah, how, how do we partner with the Spirit to do this instead of it's just about us. It's just about us, you know. I go back and forth with my process of thinking about the church as um, the body of Jesus worldwide and the church as the building and the infrastructure of the services and the programs yeah. that we do. And so I, I would say, because we're talking about this impact of the gospel and maybe how we understood it then and how we understand it now and what, how it bleeds into our hopes currently. Um, I think I, let me just give some false desires that I had in no matter which church I've been in would be mm -hmm. you're, you're seeing one out there um, grow like crazy, get lots of accolades. Um, you go to those conferences, they, they're, the one, they're the churches that hold the conferences because they seem to be doing something right and people are coming to their doors. And so inside you want your place that you're attending to also be on that list and for people to notice, you know, wrongly. And so then the gospel, the purpose of the gospel is to get more people in that place so that you can say, look at all these people. I mean, look at what Jesus is doing. <laughs> I know, and it's so it's the wrong motivation then. So now it's people will say to me, I'll see somebody who hasn't been at church for a while, and they do the normal thing. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I haven't been there. And do they do they still use like do you, have you ever had that COVID thing where like Oh, we're watching online. I mean, we know the we watching need to online out. happens all the time. And but what's great is I don't care, and it doesn't mean I don't care about them. And actually, the one of the things I've started to say to people is like, you know what? I don't think Jesus cares about your attendance. I think He cares about your heart. And so mm -hmm. I hope He's. And I've coming to Minnesota was the beginning of God taking away this like need to, we talked about validation in the last one, to kind of have church validation too. Like to have, we must have the blessing of God because look at all that God's doing and look at all the things, look at all the people that are coming. And he's, he definitely scrambled the worldwide deck when it came to COVID and the things that happened there. And now there are many opportunities, but I, I think that I've, some of my understanding the poor shallow understanding the gospel has also started to go down the drain with those false desires of wanting, you know, yeah, that's the means for us to get more people here. And I mean, of course, I'd, I'd love to um, continue to be provided for by the Lord through my job, but I, I don't mm -hmm. want 
to like hold on to those false desires, I guess, anymore. Like I like so we're talking about what we want, what we would love to see happen through the gospel. I want those things not to be in me anymore. I don't want yeah. to think about that. I don't want to worry about do we have enough? Do we have enough people? Mm. Do we have enough resources to continue to I just want those things to go away and I, I want to be um I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. I just Dude. know that I don't want those things anymore. You were, uh, it's funny that you just talked about like the, to get the, like those false hopes of the church out of you and, yeah. and even out of the expectation of the church, the, like the congregation, the body, because I think they, they come in with it too, you know, like for sure. Like we're tempted into it as leaders because we know they're being tempted into it as well. It's like, well, I can just go online and listen to this preacher. Um, I really like that music. Yeah. Why aren't we doing this? You know, and Isaiah 30, like the first few verses is, makes me think to like, again, this is going to lead into like part of my hope for Austin Oaks. And this, this is a tough thing. It's like, woe to the rebellious children. This is the Lord's declaration. They carry out a plan, hmm. but not mine. They make an alliance, but it's against my will. They're piling sin on top of sin. Without asking my advice, they set out to go down to Egypt in order to seek shelter under Pharaoh's protection, to take refuge in Egypt's shadow. But Pharaoh's protection will become your shame, and his shadow will become your humiliation. And it's like the idea on this is going, like how they, an army's coming to Israel, and they thought logically that the wise action would be to just try to make an alliance with Egypt. Yeah. And they didn't even pray. They didn't ask, you know, and so it's just like, why can't the church like come into that place of going, hey, we didn't even ask the Lord. Like, wh yeah. what does that look like? You know, so that's the part that hits me. It's just like, how many plans do, does our church or churches carry out that aren't the Lord's? Egypt Like, plans. they just logically made the next right decision, but they didn't even ask for his advice. Because it's all but, it's what we've always done. And so then the expectations from people are always there. Yeah, and they, we don't ask. We don't ever ask, what does God have? Because of the gospel, what does God have for us right now? I've been, um, we've been in, in a few kind of like different series trying to understand the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. a little bit more. And and so it's just been part of my own journey too. It's just like, I would not, I am not a cessationist, you know, that believes that certain sign gifts have ended at the apostolic Ceased. age. Ceased. Yeah. Which is, which is just weird, right? Like the, the sign gifts, it's like, where, how do we know that ended if they're going to make that argument? Or like, wouldn't we say that interpretation of scripture is actually a supernatural gift because it's through the... Holy Spirit. Sure. Um, but but realizing, even though I say I'm a continuationist, believing in the gifts, I am a practicing cessationist, <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's just like, what? How do how do I balance all of that? And so it, it just started me just just praying that we as a church and people in a church start to go to not treat the Holy Spirit as a mere prepositional phrase, okay, but is actually part of the Godhead, a person, 
given into us, right? The power and relating how to be led by the Spirit, how to be filled by the Spirit and navigating what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to Jesus, do what he says. I would say that's that Spirit-led. Like, how do, how do people do that, you know? Instead of thinking that they just need to hear the Lord by the preacher on Sunday. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, like, how do you do that? And If just, you had to answer what practically would that look like, what would that be? I don't know. I don't know. Is, is it that you would see people like where the gifts are on display in their lives or, you know? Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's a, as I, I think there's a different level of, um, okay. I would say there's, there's a little bit more empowerment within the body okay. to, to minister and feel empowered and equipped to be able to do ministry Priesthood of believers. Because like, yeah, you know, like um, we were at a conference, I took some staff to this conference, and the ministry outside of the just the teaching was just members of the church. Okay. And it was really beautiful. Like all of the prayer ministry, any if there was any kind of counseling or whatever, it was just like even the breakout sessions were non-staff people. Okay. For the most part. It was like the body was ministering and the, it was just beautiful. I'm like, I love that. Yeah. It's the, what does that say in First Corinthians 12? Each was given a manifestation of the Spirit or a gift, a grace of mm-hmm. the Spirit for the common good. Yeah. Like that, that part right there. I'm like, if you're a believer, you've been given a spiritual gift and it's not meant for you. It's meant for the common good yeah. of the body. So it's like, pushing into that, leaning into that, literally coming in like a, 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 a an elementary school kid being like, Father, I, I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what does this look like in our context? Yeah. Not like that church, but like in our context, what does that look like? Mm. I but, am also uh, not a cessationist. I do believe that the gifts are for today, although I have PGSD post gift <laughs> stress whatever syndrome something <laughs> dude from, did you just make that up i did from that is amazing copyrighted <laughs> from being a part of and I'll, I'll say this i think also a shallow understanding of the gospel leads to a shallow application of the gifts of the spirit amen and amen cramming them into like mcdonald's amen those little hamburger boxes you know, and like, we're going to serve this up fast and quick, you know, or, or Little Caesars, hot and ready, spiritual gifts, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, it's Dude. not, it, then it becomes this, like, this is weird. This doesn't go, wait a minute, what's happening? I'm not saying I don't believe in the gifts. I'm just saying that the way you're trying to deliver it is really weird <laughs> and doesn't seem to right. apply. Like it doesn't, because right. I, I also, let me just give an example of where I think I've experienced somebody who also believes in the gifts of the Spirit and I think has a breadth and a depth to their application of the gospel as it regards the Spirit in moving. It would be when somebody begins to pray for me and I have deep needs that I can't even put words to. And the way they are praying and the things that they seem to know and the verses that God brings to their mind and stuff, 
it is as if he is reading my mail and I hadn't even read it. And it, you're just like, you could not possibly know that. You could not possibly know that. When I became a Christian, just reading the Bible, right? You just like, you expect what you're reading to happen mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And so then someone, I would say, misused the gifts and it was kind of manipulative and spiritually abusive. Yes. And it made me move towards cessationism because of that. Mm-hmm. But yet I can never find peace in yeah. being a cessationist because I, I, I would feel like I have to do a lot of theological gymnastics to make mm-hmm. scripture work. Yeah. It, and so I was just like, I can't do it. But so the way I like been approaching it is like for myself to not as, as an individual and as a lead pastor to not fall victim to just running to the ways of Egypt, because mm-hmm. that is what makes sense and what's easy is to start actually asking the Lord, which feels really dumb. Like, God, how does this work yeah. here? Because I'm like, I don't know. I've never really been part of that or whatever it is. And so here's a great example. How many times have we read John 9? In 9.3, I'm just going to read the first verses 3 and 4. Okay. Neither this man nor his parents, it's the blind guy that Jesus healed. Okay. Or like they're like, hey, Jesus, like, is this man blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? Mm-hmm. Right, and, and so Jesus is like, well, neither this man nor his parents sinned. I mean, yes, original sin, yes, but it's not like he's speaking there. Like, this isn't the cause. This is of the blindness. this isn't the cause. And then Jesus said this, and so I'm just like now wrestling with it instead of running into commentaries. I'm like, okay, help me understand this. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in Him. So, like, hmm. gospel before the beginning of the world. So obviously, the way that's written is yeah. like. That'll mess this with your there. paradigm on suffering too. Yes. So then it's this word right next, the next word in, in verse four, we, we must do the works of him hmm. who sent me while it's day. And how often do we just go, well, that works is like evangelism, yeah. discipleship, serving people, right? But in the context, it's healing. Yeah. You, you know, so like, I'm, I'm just going okay, how do I myself lean more into the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. let him reveal this, and then start asking, how does this look like in our church context yeah. without being weird? It's like, God, what is this we must do the works? Like, what is that? We, you not know, just then, you, we. But then it's like, what's the works? Hmm. Like, what is that? Because then in John 10, he, he was like saying, hey, if you don't believe in me, believe in the works. Yeah. At least. So you're just like, if Jesus himself is actually even going, like, believe in the works that are like actually pointing to what I'm saying, like, Mm -hmm. you just start to go, how much more maybe that we need that, you you know? But not in the sense of like, hey, look at me, come here, church, you know, come to our church. We got a healing day. It's, it's, but it's more of the healing or the humility, gentleness, love, people praying over people like you're just talking about that are speaking to your heart and they're not saying, well, the yeah. Lord told me to tell you, da, 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 but they're just ministering yeah. out of the gentleness and humility. And like, outside of the building, beautiful. outside of the building would be my oh, one of my deepest yes. desires. 
that it yes. doesn't it's not localized to Sunday that it happened yes. like I I would love nothing more than somebody not to show up for a few weeks and I don't think one thing about it and then they show up and they go hey listen to some of the stuff that God's been doing at my job or in my family and how the spirit showed up here and here and here and then you're like yep that's money yep <laughs> that's money yeah, that dude. is that is the spirit of God at work that's the church outside of the building yep it's Ezekiel 47, trickle, ankle, knee, waist, goes out to the Dead Sea. Mm -hmm. It's moving away from the temple. Yeah. You know, it's the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Like, mm -hmm. you see that whole trickle progression in Acts. You're like, yes. Yeah. Go. Come back in. Let's worship and give an offering of praise to God together. And let's go, you know. Right. But, I also, that verse in particular, because um, when I was in Israel this past summer, um, an AOC skipped, hello, don't do that again. Next time you have to go. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. All like, uh, you know, unique year. But anyway, we were talking about that Sorry. moment of the the water, like Ezekiel's prophecy and the son of man or the, the return of of God feet touching down, but I just hadn't thought of this. I was doing some reading on it, and I think it connects right to this place of the gospel. I'd never thought about this, because we think so linear um, and black and white when it comes to interpreting some of those things. We're trying to make them literal when they're really symbolic, and they're very they're not bound by time. They are cyclical and eternal. And so Jesus' body on a cross— on a hill in Jerusalem, his blood shed for the world, flowing to the nations. I will give you a spring of water. Like it's it's all it's all together. Like it is, yes, the return yeah. of him, but it's also that he came the first time and his life is flowing. So the gospel made available, flowing to people through other Christs, little Christs, Christian. That's what the word means, and people experiencing that life now. What else would yeah. you like to see happen at AOC? The 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 biggest one is it's one of our values. Captivated by Jesus, hmm. the end. Yeah, you know, and that for me, that's the verse where Paul says, "The love of Christ compels us." Hmm. You know, and it's just like. I don't want, like, even like all the things that we just talked about, if it's not compelled by the love of Christ, yeah. it will slowly slip into, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. Or I'll, you know, it's like, it just slips into that duty. Or like, even like, like, I, this is like, we're, we're similar and a little bit different in this. Like, I'm more the, yes, get more people here in the seats, because that's just, I'm a little twisted in my head sometimes. But it's like, what if the motivation is, primarily in that because I want them to be captivated by Jesus instead yeah. of like, they're here, we're growing big, woohoo! It's like, mm -hmm. no, because we as a community are rooted in the love of Christ and we know that here they're going to experience the presence of God. Yeah. You, you know, so it's like the, having first things first. That, like at the end of the day for me, I want people just to be in love with Jesus because when people are in love, they do foolish things for for the person they love. Yeah. That's true. You know, so I'm like, that, that's, that's it. That takes care of so many things, hmm. probably everything, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, how, how do, how do we do that? 
you know, so that's, again, I'm like, I just, I'm just going to Ephesians 3 and I'm like, Lord, seems like here it says that we need the Holy Spirit yes. to know the height and width and mm-hmm. depth and length of the love of Christ. So, um, Holy Spirit, can you show me yeah. this love, please? <laughs> you know, instead of being like, well, I just have to believe this. Right. It's like, yeah, let's not take out the fact that we're created to have experience. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, help me to experience and to know this love outside of factual, like yeah. tattooed on my heart again. I have a, the same, I put, I have it, I was looking at it as you were saying it. I have Ephesians 3 highlighted in my notes here. Um, and as I think about Pleasant Valley um, and all of the people that come, that have come and gone, that go somewhere else and then come back or have gone somewhere else because they think we messed it up or whatever. My heart is very much in tune with, Lord, I personally want to know the depth, you know, like that you would dwell and be, be rooted and established and we'd have this power and this incredible understanding. But that one word, the depth, how deep, how deep mm-hmm. the love of God. You, you ever... um you know, when you go in the ocean and it, there's a, a temperature change. Break your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, that's another episode. You, but you know the where you, you feel like the temperature fluctuation in the water? Mm. And like, yeah. I hate, love and hate water that I can't see what's under there. Um, just like, mm. what if this is the day that the Lord allows me to be shark bait. <laughs> but you know, you feel that temperature change and it like, it sense to me, it's always this, like, first of all, like I pull my legs up, like we'd like way down there by your feet. It's like, wow, it's really cold down there and dark, you know, and you pull your feet up, but it's just this like sense of like, there's so much here. I don't understand. Um, and for so long we've been standing on the beach and with our own assessment of how this is, and this is the ocean, isn't this great? You know, and you kind of, you're feeling the water kind of come up and over um, your feet a little bit, you're standing there, but there's this pull. There's that, that really, especially if you're in the Pacific or something, it's just this, the more you step out, the more it pulls on you and draws you mm. to this deep. And I think of that Psalm, all your waves, deep calls to deep, all your waves and your breakers have crashed over me. And I would love for people to get lost in the depth of who Jesus is and who God is, but not so that they can just keep coming on Sunday, so that there is this real fire in them to be a part of the priesthood of believers and to live out there and to, you know, to be on a daily basis. I was thinking of Hebrews to boldly approach the throne of grace themselves because they truly understand the gospel. And then to extend a hand to someone to say, you gotta, you gotta get out here in this water. You gotta, you gotta settle in and just float, quit standing on the beach, quit struggling, just lay back, just let him take you. Um, that, that is, if, if I had to describe it and it's real, it's like there's no five-year plan with that either it's just lord let us get lost um and if i'll say this like whenever this is the day that i sense the lord saying you need to hand this off and and somebody else is going to sit in the seat because it is a privilege to sit in the seat and and god's for some reason 
said, okay, you can do this. And I'm like, all right, are you sure? It's a privilege to sit in the seat, but the, to be able to walk away and people to say, well, what has God done in all these years? I'm like, just look at that ocean of God's love and people are learning how to be in it and they're learning how to call others into it. And it's undefined. It's bigger than anything we could grab onto, but it's, it's the kingdom, it's the gospel and it's beautiful. But like you, you can't plan it, you know, and it, it makes no sense. You can't put a three-year plan, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It, you know, one of my phrases I, I like to remind myself is like, man, Brandon, you can't plan a move of God. You can only can prepare mm-hmm. for a move. Like that's all you can do. And then when you go again, go back to Ezekiel 47, it, the, it makes no sense how that river grew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it makes no sense from a trickle that goes, you know, just thinking about like the trajectory. Yeah. So the, the beautiful gate you know, where you can see from the Garden of Gethsemane, it's like, it goes down that hill, the trickle, yeah. it's still trickling up the hill, Mount of Olives. This is the, this and is your trickle episode. You said trickle a lot. Trickle, <laughs> trickle, trickle. Then it goes up to Mount of Olives. And all of a sudden, now it's ankle deep. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it just makes no sense. You know, there's nothing else, you know, contributing to its depth and its width. And it's just like, that's the point. Yeah. That's the point. Like, don't manufacture it. Like, let yeah. him do what he does best and just keep walking in it. Does it say in the middle, isn't the final phrase that Ezekiel hears is that it became so deep that no man could cross? Doesn't he say, isn't it something like yeah. that? Like, where you yeah. could not, you yeah. could not. And I think that's probably a great yeah. image for us to say, get to the place where you cannot control it anymore and let it take you. That That's that's my yeah. hope for yeah for what God's doing here. And, and there too, you know, we Amen. both have like a, Amen. Um, so let me, f- I'll finish with a, a quick story. If that's cool. Um, it's cool. I was youth pastor. Moana. I was youth pastor. We were doing a mission trip, uh, in, uh, Scotland. And we, so we stayed in this place at the end, uh, up in the highlands you know, one of these things, it was William Wallace time. It was Braveheart. It was like, I want to, I want to live the William Wallace. Forget about the violence and all that kind of stuff too. Wallace. Yeah. Wallace. Um, so we're in this, like a youth hostel castle, you know, cheap, cheap, but it was cool. Look down over this lake lock uh, and it, massive. And so we're like, let's go down there and took all these high school kids down. And so your college pastor, so, you know, you always have that moment. You're like, Hey, listen, here are the rules. We don't have to do that on Sundays at church anymore. Like with with well, we should maybe with grownups, but like in youth ministry or college ministry, there's always that moment with like guys, ladies, hear yep. the rules. <laughs> and so we're going down to yep. this this huge lake, um, really gorgeous. And I said, here are the rules. Like we're gonna get in, but nobody like because it was like it was very beautiful and but there was also this dense layer of silt and just mud where nessie yes and it was right and i said don't even think about it and there's just a couple guys uh this one kid named hoyt (laughs) his name is hoyt and so he was hilarious but i said hoyt don't you dare because i just saw it on his face i was like he's gonna do something with this mud i know he is and so we get in there and everybody's in there. It's like, okay. And they're obeying. They're like, all right, Chad, whatever. We'll do it. And I'm controlling. I'm managing the situation. I'm keeping everybody from 
doing something stupid. And so I kneel down and I scoop up the biggest, grossest pile of mud in my hand and I just chuck it at Hoyt. And it like hit him so hard in the face, like filled his ear with mud. But when I did it, then everybody was like, what? And then they, everybody starts throwing mud. And it was like, it, it was so bad. When we got back up to that, the, our dorms, castle dorm thing, we seriously spent like an hour and a half cleaning our ears. Like every part of our bodies and clothes had just this awful stink mud. But it was it, like, as you were just talking about the water thing, like that's, that's <laughs> oddly enough, um, that's what came to my mind because I was thinking, I was like, okay, I went down to do the normal control the situation. Nobody have fun. I mean, have fun, but don't do something. And then it was just like this gut thing that was like, you know what? Let's just go for it. Let's <laughs> let's fling the mud. Let's just do it. Who cares what happens? The epitome of youth. It was, right it there. was, but it's, it's a great, it's one of those things I remember of just letting, just letting the, the plan and the program go and just wanting to, and it was so much fun. There was so much joy. And I guarantee you, I don't know. I can't, I, I don't even remember all the kids that were there. They're all grown now. They all have kids, but I bet it's a memory of like, Hey, remember that time? <laughs> remember that time Chad like threw away the plan and didn't obey his own rules. Yeah, I do. I can't hear out of this ear. <laughs> I still have this, I caught this infection from the mud bio stuff or whatever. But anyway, that's a, that's going to be my, my finish as far as like, I'd love to see the Holy spirit help us sling some mud yeah. um, around the room and around our lives. But how about that for a metaphor? There you go. I'm going to let, I'm going to let that. You're going to let it. Okay. Uh, well, Hey, thank you for joining us for episode eight of unfinished people. Uh, it's a real joy for us to talk to each other, to process out loud what God's been doing. We've done this. Uh, we're going to wrap up this gospel conversation series. If you missed some of them, maybe jump in a few episodes back. We'd love to hear from you. People unfinished at gmail.com. Drop us a note. Give us a prayer request. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.